Welcome to Wedding and Event Podcast. Frank podcast discussions for event professionals and those planning successful events. With wedding and special event consultant, Toby Dodge of prepared.com. And Eric Zimmerman, pianist, DJ, and master of ceremonies of elegantmusic.com. Hello, everyone. The title of this episode is Prediction and Thinking of Everything. Familiarity with the location. Knowing one's job. Years of experience. These are just some of the things that one hires a professional for. However, situations do arise and can make it difficult for even the best of us. Toby experienced a traffic problem only blocks away from her home, causing her to park her car and walk the rest of the way to her appointment. Time of day in traffic. How long will it take to load in, set up, and park? These are obvious considerations for musicians and DJs. Food and the timing of the souffle can be quite an art. Some locations being historic sites probably were not designed with today's needs in mind. So these factors should be predicted and figured into the overall planning. It all comes down to getting the job done beautifully and making it look effortless. And now please enjoy Prediction and Thinking of Everything. Whatever the rationale was, it didn't help me right now. (laughs) So I had to go back again. This time I might have made a block and a half, but I, I didn't save any time with all the little fingers I was going up and down. So I was within three blocks now, and I decided, you know what I'm going to do? As soon as I get to the corner of the next street, I'm making a left, I'm parking, and I'm walking. Yeah. And that's what I did. I walked. I was a half hour late. Gosh. And this is a drive that would normally have taken 15 minutes. 15 minutes. minutes. So it was 45 minutes. That's why I was late. Because I'm saying to myself, Eric isn't going to believe me when I tell him what happened. But that's what happened. You know, I'm working with a bride who's from New York. And she's she's living here now. But um, something about uh, civic planning and civic... um, Oh, I don't know what you say, how it is, city planning, where there are some people who were schooled out there in taking a look at the um, the freeway comes down here, and then the, the river is over here, and the mountains are over here, and they're able to look at the whole thing. And they're able to just predict, saying, well, you know, this is where the, the main artery is, and this will yeah. be downtown, and then, you know, we need so many, um, I don't know. You know, uh, they're able streets or whatever streets and things like that. And what's interesting about New York to me is how unique each of the quote neighborhoods are, Mm -hmm. and that there is a a transportation problem, so to speak, in New York, which has been solved pretty much by subways. But oh yeah, and and I guess we're moving towards that here in Los Angeles, where there's going to be more very slowly (laughs) yeah more of an extensive uh thing about subways but what happens is that these neighbors neighborhoods uh crop up 
and they become their own thing, their own little universe. Yeah, they're little enclaves. They're little enclaves. And yes, there's a cultural thing there probably or an ethnic thing there or something like that. But um, but but then there's food and then there's just yeah, you're right. They'll they'll block off a street and they'll they'll make it a promenade now and you know like they did mm-hmm. in uh, down there in um, Santa Monica. Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm just wondering uh, that would somehow impact how we get from one end of town to the other, and that uh, you know right now <laughs> for me to go to Santa Monica, you know during rush hour. Oh or, my God! Or come back home from from Santa Monica to two Pasadena. Hours? Yeah, two hours to get. Yeah. I I may as well live in in Palm Springs <laughs> or something. You know, I'll get there quicker. You know. <laughs> no, you wouldn't want to live in Palm Springs because then it could take you four hours. That's right. Yeah, I, well, I, I was just trying to think of a faraway place. You know. But you're right. It doesn't matter. It it's, and you know. Sometimes on a wedding um, or a special event, when you have an accident, God forbid, like happened today, it is devastating because whether the bride or the groom or somebody important to the wedding party is delayed, everything is thrown off. Yes. I mean, have you ever been in a situation like that? Well, I had gotten a uh, a text. Yeah. And fortunately, I was already at the location. <laughs> oh, well, for you, that was good. But it was um, during the, um, they called it um, Carmageddon. Did you hear anything? Oh, about? yes. Now, I don't exactly know what was closed at that point it was a 405 or something it was closed? probably the 405 it could have been part of the ventura freeway but 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 for 18 months or more yes it was the 405 okay okay and and i know that they were they had this uh weekend situation there where things were going to change drastically and um and fortunately i left way 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 early and because uh, yeah. i had a lot to do i had a lot to set up yeah. this was this was a wedding that where i we did um, the quartet, uh, elegant music quartet for the wedding ceremony, and so I had to set that up. And then the um, during the reception, I was the DJ, mm. and so there was dance floor surround sound out there. And just to just to tell you, this, this was uh, an Indian family. Oh, and uh, boy, they dance, and did they I have know, a great it? oh, so yeah. so much fun. But it was at the um, Adamson House. Uh-huh. In uh, in Santa Monica, Malibu? Well, it's really Malibu. It's there. really Malibu, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right on the beach, right right there. Yeah. Right. Just amazing location. Um, but yes, I, I don't know if, if this development of Los Angeles is going to cause things to be, you know, maybe this would foster more locations, um, you know, smaller Mm -hmm. locations or one of the reasons that this particular bride that I was talking to uh, chose Bistro Gardens is that she's Uh uh, it reminds her of Tavern on the Green in in New York oh yeah does that still exist yeah Central Park Tavern on the Green yeah well I know it's in Central Park but I thought that one of the restaurants wasn't there anymore oh you know I don't know 
I, I don't know. Okay, but yes, it is. Uh, with the skylight yes. roof, it's skylight the closest, roof. It's Bistro the Guards, they, they boast two pianos in, in that location. I, yes, I was they do. very pleased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to play piano for her uh, uh, for the wedding ceremony. Uh, and then we're going to move into the, the bar area for the cocktail hour. And there's just another piano there. So I don't have to bring any keyboards. Yeah. And then I'll DJ the, the reception. Well, that's what um, I've done there uh, in the past. Uh, I've had small weddings there mm-hmm. because they have two rooms. And one of the rooms where one of the uh, pianos is, or at least they moved it, I don't know. But it holds about... 80 very comfortably. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could get 100, but some people would be standing, I think. Mm-hmm. If you have any kind of uh, an arch or something that takes up room and a big wedding party, you probably couldn't get more than 80 people in there. But if it's a very small wedding party and you just stand in front of the fireplace, and mm-hmm. uh, then then it would work. You could possibly get a hundred people in there well I had one of those weddings Uh and they really at that time I don't know if they've if they've made any alterations they had a office which they would sign papers in but that was a working office for the restaurant Uh and there really wasn't from my recollection a changing room they if you if you got married there that was the room you would use for everything else. Mm-hmm. And you had to buy out the restaurant for a Sunday because uh, it, it would have been way too expensive for the bar on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. But on a Sunday, it was feasible. And, you you know, with that pretty sunlight coming through, oh. uh, it's, it's, it's lovely. The only thing, and you know what I'm about to say, is they had a tile floor. And all that glass, it, the sound just is hard as a rock in that room. Mm-hmm. And even with linens and chairs and people, <laughs> it, it still echoed. Mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. It, there, it's a challenge. I found it. Anyway, whoever was the the musicians or or the DJ, I don't recall at this time, but that was a challenge that mm-hmm. room. Yeah, and and it's a bright piano actually in the um, in the main room in the big room, which is great for a noisy you know cocktail hour. It, 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 yeah. you'll you'll be heard. Yeah, um, but yes, I, I can see where uh, you're right. It's all glass and tile, and you'll have a very live reverberous that's why this this particular bride just uh, decided on a on a two-speaker setup rather than a four-speaker yeah. setup yeah. really not needed in that room no no however i had a client there that wanted to have their favorite dessert there which is their chocolate souffle mm-hmm. if you ever go there to eat and you like chocolate souffles <laughs> it's one of the best and they're in individual uh, ramekins, okay? Mm-hmm. However, the one stipulation they have is that you must give them 20-minute leeway. No less, 
no more. Well, it's a souffle. And it's a souffle. And so there's and that there's that That's right. balance of time and bubbles and <laughs> So when you're doing a wedding, oh my god, oh, it's yeah. not so easy to time it exactly like that. So I told the bride, please understand. If you're dancing and that dessert is ready, I have to see people when they come out, right. the, I don't see them before. When I see the first souffle come out, that's, you know, we finish the dance quickly, whatever it is, and then we sit down. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, they agreed <laughs> because I don't know what I would have done otherwise. Well, there are priorities and souffle <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Can you think of anything else that's happened with food? Um as far as uh, timing, I'm well, trying to think. Well, there, there, there was, you know, I don't know who was coordinating that wedding. Yeah. I have a feeling that, that well, probably you weren't because you would have thought of this. Okay. But, but nobody thought of the um, 90 degree plus weather. Oh, boy. And the wedding cake, which was outside, mm -hmm. uh, right next to the band. And there was, there was, there was, do you know that, that, um, that famous military sculpture where the uh, soldiers are putting up the... Uh, oh, Iwo Jima. Yes, the, the, the flag on Iwo Jima. Yeah, and there's these several, yeah. you know, it's, well, mm -hmm. it was the, the band members doing that with the cake in reverse. Oh we, my God. We were trying to push it up. And oh. we, we were trying to keep it from falling. And so we had everybody like, you know, all around this cake and we were all... And this cake was listing pretty, oh pretty badly, and uh, <laughs> and oh I, I really wish we had a picture of that, and I could put, I could just juxtapose <laughs> it right next to the to the Iwo, Iwo Jima sculpture. Uh, oh my God, that's funny because now normally in hot weather, cakes don't always list. What they do is they start melting. Well, you know, yeah. if I mean the icing mm -hmm. will melt, and sometimes, especially years ago, they oh my god, they used to have all the cake toppers, you know, whether they were Yadro or Crystal, that was a big thing, and then it kind of went away, and uh, now they have cutouts and acrylic and all kinds of other paraphernalia to. Uh, have on top of a cake but I remember this one time we had a yadro and it was a small one but it it was china uh -huh, it was it was heavy it was fairly heavy considering yeah. uh the fact that it was you know on a cake mm -hmm. if it was on a shelf it would have been nothing but on a cake it was so there's kind of a rule of thumb that if you're going to have anything of any weight at all, that you actually have a plastic plate put on the top of the top layer and then you ice over it. There's there's something steady for it to balance. Wow. No one sees it. Right. And and of course you don't cut into that top layer, you cut into a lower layer. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, for the bride and groom. So no one would ever notice it and they take it off. And that's usually the one they save anyway. And, and then you cut the rest. Okay. So I made, made it very clear to <laughs> the cake people, we're going to need a plate because we have a yadro. And this particular cake also had columns, which in some ways um, isn't bad because it allows air to go around the cake and also having multiple plates keeps it a little bit steadier. So I really thought we were in good shape. And the rule of thumb is you don't want to bring a cake out if it's over 80 degrees Ooh. more than an hour ahead, if you can. Two hours. You're pushing it. You're pushing it. But, you know, unless it's a whipped cream cake, which it's never good beyond two hours to be outside anyway. Mm. But. Even fondant can start to do weird things because there's usually a layer of buttercream under the fondant. So <laughs> I thought I had really thought this one through. I think you've thought it through, but, but, but then so what too. happened? <laughs> so we had flowers, um, roses, that were put between the columns so they, the columns separated the layers. Okay. And there was probably at least three sets of columns. And the top column before the very top of the cake was taller because the groom was tall. So we were trying to make the cake look bigger and in better proportion to him. I mean, it's actually an important thing to think about. You don't want somebody who's 6'5 to be next to a three-layer cake, and it looks like, you know, a donut next to him. Okay. So by putting the columns, and it was also the style in those days to have columns, this, would, this was really good. Mm -hmm. Well, the flowers, because the florist was concerned about it, uh, the flowers staying good, had put little vials of water and the stem into the vial. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now that shouldn't have been a problem either because it was on a plate. We couldn't see the plate, but there was icing on top of it. So the vials were in the center and then the flower heads were being seen. I'm, I'm telling you, this was really well thought out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that we didn't think about, which I honestly didn't realize. She chose uh, the vials not to be hard plastic. She chose ones that were, I guess, rubbery. And for some reason, it was like osmosis. And those little tubes perspired. And there were enough tubes that perspired that 
the little plate had, I think, four little holes and water was seeping, which we didn't realize, down into the little holes. And so the cake was sinking. Now, I have never seen a cake sink before. Uh-huh. <laughs> I looked at the cake and I'm saying, what's nobody touched that cake? Why is the the little, you know, uh, flower rosettes that are actually frosting uh, getting mushed? <laughs> and I looked at it and I, I went over to the bride. I said, you know, I don't know what's happening. We better cut that cake. <laughs> That's all I'm saying, because I'm afraid that Yadro is going to fall. And so we cut the cake, you know, right after dinner. We didn't wait mm -hmm. and everything was fine. And we, we figured it out because when we opened up the cake, it was moist in that one layer below the flowers. Uh huh. I mean, it was just one of those freaky things. If we hadn't had those four little holes in in that one ring, you know, that one little plate that they put on, right? This would probably wouldn't have happened. I don't know. Maybe the flowers would have absorbed the the moisture, but the way it was placed, and it was actually there for a good reason. Those holes, because that way you could grab them and lift it up. Because there wasn't any icing on that plate. The flowers hid the the physical plastic little plate. But right. it's made for cakes and it has four little holes in it. So that you could put more um, columns connected. That's right. why there are holes. So that's that's what happened. But, you know, it's one of those freaky things. That no matter how much you think you are preparing for, uh -huh. sometimes those things happen. Case in point, I was listening to TV last night. I can't remember what show it was. It might have been 60 Minutes. They were talking about San Francisco. And they're building like crazy there right now. Mm -hmm. And there's a building that's sinking. In fact... I think there's two buildings, but they were um, just talking about this one. And somebody from who's a geologist took a picture, you know, from space. And then they go down and down and they could see that everything else around that one building was firm. That one building was not firm. The soil underneath was from the 19, was it 1908, I think, uh, earthquake in San Francisco. And what they had done is that a lot of the rubble and bricks and sand or whatever just happened to be dumped there. Okay. And it wouldn't have been so bad if the building had been made out of steel and glass. But for some reason, and this is a tall building, like over 30 stories. For some reason, they chose concrete. 
and concrete is heavier than steel. Oh, my goodness. So down in the basement, they notice fissure cracks in the concrete columns that are the supporting beams. And so it passed inspection. I mean, for whatever reason, it passed. But 10 years later, they're Mm. starting to have problems. It was built for 100 years, this building. And unfortunately, they have a problem now. And if someone sells, it's probably half the value. I mean, it's not like it's going to crumble. But the point is, even in an earthquake, they feel it's been built okay, but they have to do something. I mean, they know they have to do something. It's not going to last 100 years. So they, they have to do something. And so now they're trying to figure out how are they going to underpin, meaning building down even deeper, and support this building. Okay. It's a long story <laughs> to talk about things that happen that you can't anticipate. Uh-huh. However, the aftermath you can anticipate. And what that is, is legal wrangling. God forbid something goes wrong at a wedding. Everybody has to be prepared that somebody may sue them, even if it's not your fault. Hmm. In other words, I know I did everything that I possibly could within reason to safeguard that yadro, okay? Mm-hmm. But if it had broken, I might have been held accountable for mm. that, okay? The baker would have been, and possibly me, since I recommended the baker, all wow. right? Wow, Yeah. Even though in my contract, it says I am not responsible for anybody other, anyone's actions or decisions, whatever. But that doesn't stop somebody (laughs) from suing you, even if it's not your fault. Uh That's not a question. So as with this building, they're now deciding how is, we know we have to fix it, but who's going to pay for it? Should the homeowners association, should the builder, should the city, Should the contractor, should the geologist that they probably had that gave them reports, they said they had a hearing and it took a half hour just for roll call. That's how many people are in this situation. Wow. Okay. So to me, that's a lesson that... It's the old rule. You got a leak in the roof. Well, was it due to the air conditioning unit on the roof or the roof? Uh The roofer will say it's the air conditioning person and the air conditioning person will say it's a roofer. Uh (laughs) Meanwhile, you're the homeowner and you got to pay for it one way or the other. (laughs) Well, you know, there's a um, there's a new um, I guess he's the clubhouse manager of a, um, of a location. And, um, and it's very interesting because I've seen this gentleman, um, 
as a um, as a captain and mm-hmm. as a uh, someone in charge of the director of catering and things like this in, 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 in other locations. So he's been around for a while. He's, 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 he does this, mm-hmm. and, and I recognized him, and he recognized me. And um, 15 minutes before, well, I, let, I, let's say it was 20 minutes before I was to start solo piano. Mm-hmm. He points out that there are some cover plates on the dance floor where there's cover electricity, plate? where there's electricity oh. underneath there. And he says the way they're designed, they, they just stick up about a quarter of an inch Ooh. off the floor. And what he would, and it's toward the side of this dance floor. And he, he was saying, would, would you move the band? From where you're set it up over here, over to the other wall, and just kind of take up that space a little bit and set up. Around. So you don't have that problem. So we don't have that problem, and I can totally see his yeah. viewpoint on this, and to look out yeah. for the guests, and to look at. But to yeah. tell me twenty minutes before we're oh supposed God. to start, you know, and right after we had just gotten done setting up, I said yes, sir, <laughs> 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 and just set up. All right, you know, and and so did I did you do it within and I made 20 the minutes. I, I made the move. Yeah, we we, we made oh the move. Oh my gosh! And this and this was after um, just the day before my um, my client confirming. Well, okay, you're going yeah. to be to the left of the. You're, you're going to be over here to the left of the uh, yeah. um, fireplace, and and then you're going to. And we want you to be there a little bit early, just in case you know people arrive a little bit earlier and, and things like this, you know. And here she walks in and sees me, you know, in a fire yeah. drill. <laughs> and I showed her what. Yeah. This gentleman what was happened? trying to, you know. Avoid. Uh, avoid. So anyway, th- those are some of the things that are unforeseeable, but maybe, but maybe the the new uh, club manager had foreseen it, but he didn't know to call me, and maybe uh, we don't know each, yeah. each other enough to, you know. Well, I have an opinion here. <laughs> okay, I think that. Every location needs to have, and you know, all seated is a great um, online service that you can request a map of the room, and they literally will map any room for you. Okay, and I don't know if they even charge you for that. It's they called, might. It's called all, all seated. seated. All, all, all seated. All seated. Huh. Okay. And Sandy is one of the principal, uh, that's one of the principals of the company. I happened to meet her at a, a special, the special event uh, conference. And they do, if you request, now this might cost a little bit more, I don't know. Uh, but if you let them know ahead of time and you talk to whoever's in charge, like the general manager or the director of catering or the chief engineer, you know, one person that knows the room really well, you can indicate on that map 
where trouble spots are. Hmm. And what I mean by trouble spots, places not to put a dance floor or not to put uh, other things that, you know, could be a problem. Hmm. And you can also indicate where the power is in the room. That's where the plugs are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It really is. And ahead of time, I mean, this is especially if you haven't worked a room before, I think this would be excellent for anybody listening. If they're a professional in the industry, whether they're a planner or a wedding service, and they have to use electricity in that room. Mm hmm. To if they can't go to the room before for some reason and look themselves um, to have the planner do it through on a regular walkthrough and note where the electricity outlets are and how many amps are in are on each wall because Sometimes you have, you need a 20 amp circuit and, and a lot of DJs want 40 now uh, amp circuit for what you do as a DJ. Piano is not as critical unless you need a light near it or, you know, some added electricity. And unless you're bringing your own uh, keyboard and then you do need electricity. But what I'm really saying is if all seated or whomever uh, has the ability to map that out, that would be wonderful because half the problems of not starting on time, and this has happened many times um, over the course of, you know, 30 years for me, but not that often that it, you know, is a regular thing and it's everybody's well-meaning nobody means to create a problem but what happens is the lighting people like to get in early really early because they want to see a diagram of a room to know where the tables are ahead of time obviously where the dance floor is where the the band is going to be whether they're on a a riser or not so that they can distribute not only the power to the uh, uprights if they need uprights for lighting or to uh, be able to know how many uprights they need in the distance. I mean, it can all be done ahead of time on a diagram, but there's always slight adjustments when you when you go into a room so the more they know ahead of time the better it is for them and it kind of speaks to what we spoke uh, a while ago about the calamigas uh, room that you uh -huh. were considering lighting and why i discouraged you <laughs> from doing that unless you really knew where the power was the distribution how much amps you needed, and even if it's LEDs, um, so that you wouldn't run into some problems, okay? Right. Once right. you know the room, that's another story. 
But until you do, it's hard to project how much time it's going to take you to do something. Mm -hmm. So anyway, what what happened um, before hotels just decided, and this was a good decision, one by one hotels made the decision that if you're going to have a band, you need to have extra, uh, what they call a power drop. And there's two, one, two, three phase. I don't want to get into the technical stuff here, but the point is that you, you know that if you have a band and you have five or seven musicians and everybody has their monitors and whether they're wireless or not, you, you just can't count on everything wireless today. You know, you got to have a backup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, you just do. So anyway, so you know you're going to need uh, what they usually on a power drop suggest at least a 60, but usually it's a 120 amp power drop. And they know that if they have one near the band, then there's going to be plenty. They can run uh, some cords and tape them down to other corners for lighting if needed because many new um, rooms anything built in the last 20 years most likely has ceiling um, hookups where literally the the lights in the ceiling can be unscrewed and you can have a small bar put in and then your six lights or whatever you need on that and then direct them from there. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of older buildings that don't have that. Right. Part of the charm is Part that the they charm. don't have that. So you kind of have to, to know each of the rooms. And I think I told you uh, years ago, uh, we may have mentioned this already, that I had this wonderful wedding at the Beverly Hills Hotel Crystal Ballroom. And mother of the bride came in after it was all lit. You know, I always like if the bride and groom can't come in, I like, the, especially if the parents are paying for it, to come in and just see the room mm -hmm. by themselves before the guests come in. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. It's kind of special. It is. And, some, and sometimes the bride and groom can steal away and they practice their first dance. Yes. So they have the freedom to just relax and, and do it. Sometimes the band is just tuning up at that time or whatever. Sometimes the photographer is taking pictures and the sound isn't important, but everyone has to be still if they're taking a room shot. Uh, I know there's many electronic ways to do this, but one way is to take a, an ex a, another light and run around the room like with a flash, clicking, 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 clicking. And the main uh, camera is in one spot, oh. and it lights the entire room yeah. by doing that. It's just a technique that a lot of photographers use. And I'm sure they have even better ones now. So we had, we had done the photography. The band was really early, and they had done everything. But the bride and groom were, didn't want to come in. They wanted to be with their friends. So the mother of the bride comes in and she walks in 
And she says, the room looks magnificent, but it's too bright. It's not romantic. So, you know, I said to her, well, you know, it, it's fairly bright now because when people come in, they have to see the table numbers so that they can find their way to their tables, even though we'll have two people here because there was like 28 tables, I mean, at least mm, in this mm -hmm. room. So when there's that many tables, we tend to put all the even numbers on one side and all the odd numbers on the other side of the room hmm. so that when people are coming through the room, you ask them, are you sitting on an even number or odd number? And they say even, it's to the left and odd to the right or whatever it is. Uh -huh. And if they don't hear you quite well, they figure you're asking for their table number. So sometimes we'll just say, what's your table number? And if it's an odd number, we know it's to the right in the back. It's to the left in the front. Because we know the numbers are uh, low in the front and high in the back. So you can tell them exactly where to go. Mm -hmm. If you divide it the way divide we did. Yeah. If you don't divide it that way, then it's much harder. Okay. So I knew that wasn't going to be a problem. And I'm, I'm trying to figure within the split second, this mother is complaining about the light and not buying my, my uh, explanation as to why it's, it's, it's bright. So she said, I don't care. I want it romantic. So then I said, okay, not everything is on a rheostat. And a rheostat is like a dial where you can dial something up or down mm -hmm. that will make the lights go up or down. I said, in order for me to make it the way I believe you want, which is what I wanted to do at once, everybody was seated and they had done their first dance and the speeches because you want light for camera and everything right. for video and, and even the band. I mean, you, you, you just want everyone to be able to see the energy and everything that's happening. Um, I will have to unplug a few lights around the room. Mm -hmm. Now there wasn't anything I could do about the pin spotting. Um, that was not on Riastat. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't want to spend the money for that. But there were other lights in the room and it had this huge, uh, can, uh, what do you call a chandelier. However, this, and I wish I could remember the lighting company because I'd like to give them credit for this. I <laughs> just can't remember which one it was. They did put half of the uh, pin spots on Riastat. Didn't know they had done it because they were smart enough to realize because I had, I, I was concerned and I had asked, that's why I asked the bride and groom, I think it's going to be too bright. We're going to need a rheostat so that, you know, we can make this look exactly the way you want when you want it. And, and it was an extra thousand dollars or more to do that. So, um, but the lighting company had done it not on the perimeter of the room, but toward the center. And that was very smart. 
Because when you come into a room, if you have the edges bright and then it goes softer in the middle, that's where the drama is. That's right. So I went over to the lighting person and I asked, is there anything you can do? And he, and he said, yeah, you know, I can, I can lower the lights in the, around the center of the room, but not the perimeter. And I said, that's okay. I'm going to take down some of the sconces that are on the walls around the room on the outside and just a few of the uplights. And I think we'll get there. And we did. By the time they came in, but you know what? The real reason the lighting was better beyond what the lighting person did? Think about it. You got 280 people coming in, mostly in black. Half of the guys are wearing black tuxedos. That's right. And a lot of the ladies were wearing darker colors. It happened to be a winter wedding. And they absorbed the 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 light. That's right. Oh, my God. What a lesson. (laughs) (laughs) So, again, you know, it's not like the lady was so angry she was going to sue us over it or anything like that. But it was the kind of thing where you don't want to disappoint somebody. You Mm. want them to be happy and you know you can make it that way for them but it would have involved doing what we did and we didn't think that was what they wanted initially mm-hmm. so there wow <laughs> wow well you you are the diplomat <laughs> yeah well <laughs> that's a uh, survival <laughs> You know, I think everybody wants a um, wants the event to go well, and uh, they'll look at the, the the bigger picture or the um, you know, what's what's correct, and um, yeah, uh, look at the bright side of things. You know, even yeah. if the light is a little bit too bright, but but that's oh, all right. Oh my gosh, yeah, and you know, sometimes you don't have the choice. There are rooms that are lit. And there's you you just can't put a rheostat on them. It's mm-hmm. just the way they're constructed. Well, one of the things that I've run into, and I, and I still don't know how to handle it, other than this. Yeah, here's here's the interesting thing: is that I've set up, I've done a sound check, everything's great, mm-hmm. and then the lighting guys come in and plug in to the same circuits that uh, I'm on, and your power goes down. Well, it doesn't power power doesn't go down, but I get a a line buzz i get a i get a mm-hmm. distortion in my power and then because of the rheostat and so mm-hmm. you get this yeah and rheostats are notorious for that so notorious the, the only handling that i know for that is to find an, an independent yeah uh, circuit and and right. plug into that and 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 the i think the the helpful language might be to ask in all of your setups, may I have a dedicated, a 20, a dedicated circuit? That's right. all you have to say. I need a separate dedicated circuit. Oh, right. Yeah, that, that's kind of what you have to do. Because I, I ran into that at a home wedding 
and it was a lovely wedding and I had 60 amps for the DJ. There was no problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, that should be enough. That should be. Oh yeah. There, there, yeah. absolutely. He only needed, um, I think 40, but anyway, I had plenty. Uh-huh. However, what the power guy did is he, because he was close, the DJ was closest to the house and there was a 60 amp, uh, no, there, there was a dedicated, two dedicated 20s. Okay. Um, so they, they used that power, but that one was close to a rheostat. Didn't think about it. Mm. And the same thing happened. He got this buzz. And I said, okay, I, we can plug in lights then to those and then we just switched out um you know but if he hadn't told me i i wouldn't have realized that that's when i learned you can't be close to a rheostat Mm -hmm. sorry won't work you know the chances are you're going to have a problem unless it's professionally ground uh, there's a grounding there's an extra type of grounding that can be done that and yeah i don't know that yeah, there is there is a way to avoid it, but I I don't know if it's a portable type of thing, but there is an, an extra grounding that can solve that problem. But <laughs> those are the kind of things that kind of drive you crazy yeah, sometimes, well, you know, you... because you you go to all this trouble and you think you solved all the problems and everything is queued up. I mean, I learned years ago the best place to make coffee in a house is on the electric dryer (laughs) if they have an electric dryer that's the best place because it's a 20 amp circuit has to be Mm -hmm. and you know you can make coffee if they're not running their washer or dryer there's going to be a 20 amp circuit i can't tell you how many homes i have made coffee in the laundry room Because that's the one place I'm not going to have a problem. So, <laughs> You have been listening to Wedding and Event Podcast with Toby Dodge and Eric Zimmerman. If you have a question, comment, or topic suggestion, please call Eric at 626-797-1795 or contact Eric by email, eric at elegantmusic.com. That's E-R-I-C at elegantmusic.com. Contact Toby by email. Toby at prepared.com. That's T-O-B-E-Y at P-R-E-P-A-I-R-E-D dot com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and receive a new episode each week. Thank you for listening.